This is the St. Luligan Podcast Network. Hey everybody, this is Show Up Make Noise. My name is Zach. I'm Rick. And I am Sam. And we are joined today by special guest Caleb Leone. Hey guys. Is it Leon? Did I pronounce it right? Uh, I go Leon, but it's okay. I didn't, I never ask before we start. I always ask on air because I'm a professional. No, I think, I think it's great. We, uh... I've never gotten a last name right. So why start now? Why start yeah, exactly. now? Exactly. <laughs> we'll add you to the dartboard. I like it. <laughs> I love it. So um, we are here. We haven't been uh, recording for quite a while. We've uh, been doing other things. Life is tough. Um, but uh, we did have a couple things I wanted to talk about right here at the very beginning. Um, first was... Um, before you get into that oh go for it uh yeah just uh real quick um just a big shout out to city foundry the st louis for hosting us for this uh recording uh it's a very cool venue the food hall is awesome i mean you guys saw that waffle sandwich that i was eating it's bomb so definitely a place worth coming out and getting some food getting some beer just kind of hanging out with some friends uh so first you know thank you to them for uh for hosting us and and getting us this space here yeah cheers I enjoyed the table outside and I hate these chairs. So we're about 50 50 right now. So you can much like anything. I've dropped four inches just from sitting in this chair. <laughs> By the end of the night, I might as well just be sitting on the ground. I'm glad we're sticking with our, our roles, though. Sam is very positive. <laughs> I am acerbic and Rick is a, a silent sniper. So <laughs> it, it's worked out very well. My chair's fine. <laughs> Because uh, you're the only one of us that's the recommended weight for his height. Uh, <laughs> anywho, uh, so <laughs> uh, a couple things I do want to talk about um, neighborhood type of stuff. Um, we talk a lot about being community focused um, and and doing things in our community, um, and we have the opportunity to do that. Uh, I have me personally kind of got us into this a little bit because uh, i was talking to nate um from downtown no dutchtown main street um and i was talking to fred uh, our buddy from emoja and they wanted to do uh, a neighborhood cleanup in around marquette park where the new futsal court was put in and where we went out and hung out the other day and so that is going to be october 23rd that's going to be 9 a.m to 3 p.m I know it's six hours. You don't have to come to all six hours. If you can come to the cleanup in the morning or even come help the soccer event later on in the day, we're going to have a whole bunch of information coming out about that. So stay tuned, but we would really, really like to get you involved in that. Um, because again, we want to get involved in the community and the best way to get people to like us is to go out and, uh, actually show people that we care and that we're trying to make the city better. So, um, just wanted to start off the show with that. Um, since we're going with thank yous and positivity at the very beginning, let's go with that. Um, talking about Emoja, we did, uh, all three of us went out to the last, I would say what, three or four Emoja games? No, three, two three out of the last. Four. Yeah, it was three of the last four. Something like that. So yeah, we went, um, we went and watched their playoff game last week and unfortunately they lost. It was a, a hard fought game two to one. Um, but it's really, really fun to go out and watch those yeah. guys. Um, I it's kind of going back to the kind of the roots of what we really get excited about about soccer you know it's not we don't have to go play we don't have to get a whole bunch of people you know moving the same direction this is going out and watching people play soccer for the love of playing soccer um and so that was really cool caleb have you made it out to an emoji game yet i haven't i haven't i was gonna come out on sunday and i had something come up my uh wonderful fiance uh made some alternate plans mm. uh 
But we, we understand that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's always next season. Uh, uh, Liga, Latina, uh, Liga Latina STL, I think is what they call themselves yeah. on the whole. Uh, they just have a really good setup out there. They do. And actually, Fred wanted us to get something together. And it isn't our show notes, but uh, it's something that's been in the back of my head. Fred wanted to get something together because the guy who runs that league is apparently retiring after this year. It's his final year, and he's been doing it for 20 years. Um, and that's insane. To do anything volunteer-related for 20 years is pure insanity. So um, I don't know that we're going to have a chance to go out and um, do anything specifically for that, but it's on the 23rd, I think, is his last you know game in charge. That's their championship game. Um, so it's something that you can go check out and uh, give that dude some uh, applause. I don't know his name. I'm a terrible human being. I don't know that Fred ever gave me his name, but um, either way, just a cool thing and, and something that uh, I probably should have done more research on before I came up and mentioned it. Yeah, and it's uh, it's true, true, like homegrown grassroots soccer. I mean, these the the one field is on a hill. Um, you know, we've seen the corner paint. Like, oops, let me repaint that. Um, it's it's very cool. It's very backyard soccer feel. <clears throat> and you know, shameless plug, the food trucks yeah. are phenomenal. Yeah, if you want good good food, uh, I think we've had something different every time we've been out there, and literally all of it's fantastic. The um, I did tamale last time, and tamale was insane. Okay. You had some killer looking elotes. I did. They were yeah. phenomenal. We yeah. had those quesadillas a few weeks back. Oh yeah, we had quesadillas from the other place uh, across the street a couple days back. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's just they. It's just a fun time to go hang out. Um, so yeah, if, if you get a chance next year, please go out and support that and just support local soccer in general, whatever you can do to support local soccer. All right. Enough talking about us. We have our special guest and I haven't given him one chance to talk because I'm an asshole. So Caleb, um, welcome. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on guys. Absolutely. We're, we're a little salty that this is silly. Got you first, but, uh, we won't take that out on you too much. <laughs> Yeah, we can blame uh, Mitch and Brad for that one, yeah? Absolutely. Just agree, just between us. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, 100%. Mitch yeah, and Brad get blamed for everything anyway. That, so they that's might fair. It's definitely, definitely Brad's fault. Right, yeah, they yeah. won't notice that in the inbox. Yeah, they won't. They won't at all. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody tagged them on it either, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they look, they, they understand. Uh, Don't even tell them this episode's released. Just- <laughs> <laughs> It'll be tough because Mitch is the only reason any of our uh, episodes get published. Media blackout. <laughs> <laughs> We'll go uh, release this on the the black podcast market. Um, All right. So, Caleb, tell us a little bit about who you are, your background, you know, everything, everything about that. Absolutely. So, uh, like you've already said, my name is Caleb Leon. Um, The Leon Leon difference is fine. It's happened. I'm uh, my family is from the West Coast, from San Diego. So. Uh, the Leon Leon thing is where that comes from. But um, I grew up in Metro Atlanta, um, about an hour and a half northeast of the city. Uh, so played soccer growing up and um, played in the suburbs and then went to college in South Georgia um, at Valdosta State University, um, which I don't expect anyone to know where that is. That's fine. Uh, it's about five miles from the Florida border. Um, so that was that was tons of fun. And then after college, spent three months up in Minnesota working for Major League Soccer and their national sales center that is uh, no longer in existence. But um, after that, went to Birmingham, uh, worked for Birmingham Legion for two and a half years um, and was a account executive. So sold tickets for everything as far as season tickets, suites, single games, groups, catering. You name it, I did it, uh, which was really cool that I really, really enjoyed. And then um, this is, I don't know what today's date is. Um, we're working on three months in St. Louis. 
So um, that's kind of the the short and sweet journey of it, which is kind of, you know, it's a short journey, but it's mine, right? I like it. I like it a lot. So you, you kind of answered one of my questions, which is how you got into soccer, but yeah. you said you played. What what was your position? Yeah. So I played, I played a lot growing up. I was a goalkeeper. Um, nice. Once Respect. We, yeah. Once we kind of got positions, I was always the biggest kid on the field and thought, well, I don't have to run a lot if I stand back there and uh, which was fine because you should be fastest for the first 18 yards, everything else. Who cares? Right. Um, no. So I played up until I was 16 and then actually had to stop. I had a uh, back surgery when I was 16. So I um, had to get out of the game, but um Played the first couple of years of high school and then managed the high school soccer team for a year um, before, you know, taking senior year off like we all do. Yeah. Um, so always been in and around the game um, It's kind of what got me in soccer. And I was a Revs fan growing up. Um, I found stumbled upon the New England Revolution versus Houston Dynamo MLS final in, I don't know, maybe 06, if I get that year right. And um, it was the year Jay Heaps missed the penalty kick to, to lose it. But anyway, um, Jay, if you hear that, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll get to that in a second. Um, but I decided, hey, the Revs are, are the team I want to I want to support. And um, so Matt Reese, Charlene Joseph, Taylor Twellman, uh, Jay Heaps, all those guys were kind of my idols growing up before Atlanta got a team, of course, when I was in college. Um, so I've always kind of been that guy that that talks about American soccer and really wants American soccer to be a thing. Um, I remember I followed... Um, Charleston for the longest time, just because they were in the open cup and, and um, I wanted to learn more about them. So follow them on Twitter and social media and stuff. Just to, that was the closest team to me at that point. So trying to, trying to get involved with that, which was cool. Um, it really, it really kind of took off in college. I went away from the game, my, probably my first year in college and then, and then got back into it. Um, when I started learning like, Oh, people work in soccer. Right. <laughs> Cause you're, everyone's faced with that, that choice after freshman year of college. You're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And um, I was undecided. And I was like, well, you know, being U.S. men's national team coach is probably out at this point, but, you know, maybe I could go work for a soccer team somewhere um, and really, really tried to pursue that. And um, after after college senior, I worked in admissions at my college. I was a tour guide. So it as another peek into like, oh, why is that guy so chipper? Um, that's part of it as well. Right. I, I can totally see that. Yeah, I was I was a tour guy and worked the orientation team. And um, I'll never forget. Ryan Hogan was our director of admissions. He sat me down and he was like, hey, um, I have a job offer for you. I want you to go to Atlanta. I know you go to games, like go hang out in Atlanta. You can be a soccer fan, work for the university. And I looked at him and I said, Ryan, I have an offer from MLS at the sales center up in Minnesota. Um, I got to try it and see what we can do. And um, went to Minnesota for three months and straight up told them, I said, I will not come in the winter because it snows really heavily in Minnesota. Um, and I'm not doing it. And the guy was like, well, what if I only have winter? And I said, guess I'm not doing it. Sorry, man. Um, but no, it was fine. So I went up there for the summer. It was great. Um, one of the best times you never want to have again. It was it was high intensity sales training, really learning how to be like an account executive for teams. I was going to ask you about that because so I, I did a I never worked for the fire, but I did a interview for the fire to be a sales rep. And I'm interested when you're talking about the national sales office, was that different? Did every team have their own sales thing? And yeah. you, there was a national sales thing as well. Kind of sort of. Yeah. So so the sales center, I believe, doesn't exist anymore. Uh, not I believe I know it doesn't exist anymore, but basically it's kind of like similar thing to like inside sales. Um, but the sales center was just on a bigger scale. So I sold for um, Vancouver, LA Galaxy, Colorado Rapids, uh, Minnesota, Minnesota for a little bit, um, Orlando um, and Red Bull. So we sold for, I think that was nine. I think that was all of them, but we sold, oh, and the Timbers. We sold for nine teams in three months, just kind of like 
across the board. And the whole point of it was to get, get you. So when you got to a club, you were like ready day one, right. To pick up the phone and like go for sales, um, which was fine. Um, it was, I was never a big salesperson growing up. I got a marketing degree and entrepreneurship and I was like, oh, I'll never do like sales, nothing against it. Um, of course. So getting in that and I was like, well, I can sell soccer tickets if I have to sell something. I can talk to people about soccer. Yeah. Um, was kind of my mindset and, and learning about supporter culture and kind of being more ingrained in it. I was like, yeah, I can do this. Um, so when I got to Birmingham, it was kind of funny because uh, my boss in Birmingham, he was like, Oh, do you need training? This is how you pick up a phone. I was like, nah, nah, man, I'm good. <laughs> We're ready. Um, so you legitimately sold for 10 different teams. Yeah. Nine or 10. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a great way to me bridge into how much I hate MLS. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was sitting here thinking, I was like, oh man, if this doesn't just peddle the narrative that it's all about money. Yeah. Here, we'll, tr- we'll train your ticketing office to sell as much as they possibly can. And we'll just, we'll just take well, our I mean, little piece off. I get off centralized training. Like I get that. But the idea that you are actually selling for individual teams sitting in an office in Minnesota, just, uh. I know you can't talk bad about them. That's fine, Caleb. I can't. Uh, I'm not paid by them and I never will be. So um, it's, it's not something I have to worry about. It was, it was kind of, it was kind of a cool experience just in general because it was like an internship plus. Yeah. Right. So it was kind of cool. Cause not only do we sell for these teams, we got to like talk to their sales offices and like get to know people and like network. So it wasn't just like a bunch of folks just like hold up in a room. Yeah. Um, so like, there was a lot of that aspect to it, which was really cool. Cause um, sports is an incredibly small industry, yeah. uh, which is what I'm learning. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, well, I'm sure we'll get to this, but I'm in a Twitter group DM with, um, the me from Columbus, San Antonio or San Jose, um, and the fire. There's like four of us and it's like, well, who do you know here? And it's like, we all know somebody at each team. It's yeah. super funky. I mean, that makes sense. That's yeah. every car salesman in St. Louis. If you've been in the business for more than two years, knows every other car salesman in St. Louis. It's just yeah. kind of sort of how the yeah. business goes. What's- it translates, you know, from, from club to club, it's all the same language, you know? And so that, that definitely helps. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure selling soccer is different than selling the NFL or selling MLB or any of those types of things. And I'm, I'm sure there's crossover, but I'm sure, you know, people who are good at something in soccer, it's any, a good market to get good at something. Cause there's probably not a ton of people that are in it. So if you can get good at it, then, uh, that's, that's a great way to move forward. Or if you're terrible at it. Um, not great for you. So, um, but that's really, I think, I think it's fun. I, I like the idea of going and getting yourself thrown into the fire. That's yeah. kind of a, a fun idea. Um, so yeah, let's, um, so you got into MLS because, or you got into soccer because of MLS though. Is that, I mean, not because you played, but like your fandom, your fandom is that, did you start with MLS? Yeah, I started with the Rebs. um, just being a, a wee lad, you know, um, that was the first thing was on TV. Um, I got into MLS that way before I learned about things like Charleston and, and the open cup and things like that. Um, so yes. So started with MLS as, as a fan. Okay. That's interesting. Cause I, I definitely came in from the premier league. I, I got yeah. Fox soccer. I was teaching in, you know, BFE nowhere and ended up one of the channels somehow we got was Fox soccer. And so I just got, a lot of Manchester United and yeah. Chelsea games. And so yeah, that's why I ended up as a Chelsea fan because they were just on TV a lot. Yeah. It was, you know, peak Mourinho. So, uh, it was, it was just a good time to get in to soccer. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I always find it interesting how people get to fandom and, yeah. and that type of thing. So talk to me again then about like your, 
your stint at Birmingham and, and yeah. your interaction with fan groups there. Yeah. So, um, like I said, in Birmingham, I was a county executive and we were about, I was there two and a half years. I was the ninth employee hired. Um, so pretty early on. Um, and we had a VP at that point that kind of dealt with the supporters group. They had an MPSL team before Legion got there um, called the, the Birmingham Hammers. And the guy who actually started it was the executive vice president at Legion. And that's just how these things work. Yeah. Um, so the, the sports group kind of came over um, Magic Sea Brigade. They're great. Um, so our, our VP was dealing with um, our marketing VP. He left probably about six or so months into me being in there. And there was just kind of this like void almost where like I've always loved supporters because I really, really care about fans and and people's experiences at games. But there was this void in it. It was very, very, um, it was honestly the, the perfect storm where I got to stand up and go, no, I want them. Give them to me. Right. Um, every, everybody has a different niche in, in clubs. And I was like, no, I, I want the, I want the flags. I want the singing. I want all that. Um, so it worked out really, really well. Um, so I was, I was their point of contact. I helped set up the stadium. I did. I helped paint TIFOs. I, you know, set up the section when you had to, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, I talked to their board every single day still. Um, I get text messages and chat with those guys um, and gals. So it was, it was a very cool experience to be able to kind of start something. Um, start might be the wrong word to help grow something from what was already there um, because everybody was, was raring to go. Everybody was excited. Um, it doesn't mean there was there weren't hard feelings about NPSL leaving or anything like that, but it was it was kind of bridging that gap of look, we're we're all here for the same goal, right? To help grow soccer in Birmingham, um, because Birmingham's a special market and we wanted soccer there. Um, a ton of kids play soccer in Birmingham. So it was like, how do we grow this? And um they got on board and and we really worked together. And my kind of stance with all of it was, how do I support you? Right? You're supporting us. How do I support you? Um, I'm not gonna do it help me facilitate. I have the manpower. I have the, the real estate. Um, so we would meet once a month in the office before, um, before the pandemic. And we would just chat and talk through theme nights and, uh, tailgates and what all they wanted to do. Um, so, so it, it helped a lot. Um, and it, it made it so you didn't have to just shout in the void, right? When there was a complaint, it was, Hey, this, this, this was messed up. Let's talk about it. Uh, which was really cool. And I helped, I think it, I hope they would feel the same way. I don't know. Um, I think it helped them, their kind of transition and, and help them grow a little bit and to feel more, more confident in what they do in the league as well. Um, because it, it adds that little bit of a legitimacy, right. Uh, which was super important. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I loved the interaction we had with the USL front office. We had mm-hmm. a, a really good, um, experience with the usl front office and i feel like i hear that from a lot of usl teams i feel like a lot of usl teams have really good connection to supporters and do you think that's because usl teams rely on supporters (laughs) you know is that is that you know or is it just a a culture along around that league that people uh you know it's really focus on it yeah it's it's interesting right um there there is nothing more pure than this game that we all love right at its at its core is is people getting together and celebrating something or um, competing against one each other? So I think especially the USL level being being second division, whatever you want to call it, um, just kind of fosters that community. It's a lot of smaller markets that you know don't have things like MLB, NFL, MLS teams 
Um, so it, so it, it's something good for the city, right? That was our, our tenants in Birmingham. It's my tenants in my life as well is passion, pride community, right? So it's, it's, we want to be passionate about our game and everything we do. We want to take pride in our actions and we want to be, you know, on fire for our community and how do we get them involved? So I think that community focus is just huge because it's, it's such an opportunity in these markets. Um, such as a Birmingham to really come in and, and unite the city, you know, in Birmingham's 45 minutes from Tuscaloosa, an hour and a half from Auburn, um, you walk into Walmart and it's not, Hey, good morning. It's roll tide. That's how they say hello. Um, so it was really an opportunity to unite people from like, yeah, you're now a fam, you're an Auburn fan, but we can all be Legion fans right together. Um, which is, I think is kind of, I think that answer your question, but you know, in a roundabout way kind of deal. Do you feel like um, you benefited from that culture of like tailgating and things that come with, um, you know, college sports? We t- I, I talked to Michelle uh, Smallman. Is that is, again? Last name could be could be anybody. No, man, uh, you, you got it this time. Good cool. Cool. Bullseye. <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I talked to her um, at one of the fan experience councils about her greatest sporting event memory was going to one of those. You know, I don't mm-hmm. remember what her exact example is because college names don't stick in my head but you know one of those huge rivalry games in in college football where you know people go out and go two days early to do the tailgate and that kind of thing and soccer kind of picked up a bit of that tailgate Mm -hmm. culture and so do you feel like that being in that kind of culture already kind of helped your your supporters there i think i think it did i mean i I have a longstanding joke and and everyone that listens to this from the brigade, because I know they will, um, they've all heard me say it. There are two religions in the state of Alabama, um, Jesus and Nick Saban. Um, And it just depends on the day of the week, which one's more important, right? Um, I guess you could throw Gus in there as well. I think he's still Auburn. Anyway, um, so I think it definitely helps because that expectation is there, right? And it's kind of funny because in, in some markets, at least not in the Southeast, you have that drive of like, okay, well, we're the professional team, right? Our guys, like, that's important. But in a market like like Birmingham, it's who cares, right? We're we're spending X amount of dollars to go watch eighteen year olds play football, you know, in a hundred thousand seat stadium. I don't know how big Brian Denny is, but you know, um, so so it definitely helped, right? Because that expectation was there, that that fight, that that um, passion was kind of built in for sport. It was just kind of channeling it into soccer so all we're doing is changing the rules i remember very vividly i believe we were playing red bull too um i don't remember who we were playing but i remember the moment very vividly where our coach got on fire and started screaming at the ref and the entire stadium just started booing the ref and we're like all in and i was like all right cool we can make this happen right and it felt like an sec like there was maybe three thousand people there but you you i would have told you there was 10 right because it was just this like wave of passion, which was phenomenal um, from like the entire group, including the box seats where like the owners, it was just like, go get them, Tommy, you know, um, which was really cool. Yeah. We were fans of St. Louis FC. So we're very, yeah. we, we understand booing a ref, uh, <laughs> uh, especially in USL. Uh, there's, there's a lot of booing to do. <laughs> and, and <laughs> yeah. And I, I think you see that, that tailgate culture kind of, kind of permeate, throughout MLS as well a little bit, right? I mean, it's it's well documented. These teams that, you know, Atlanta has a phenomenal tailgate atmosphere in the Gulch, um, which isn't there anymore. But when they're tailgate, like it's phenomenal because it's that that Nashville has a phenomenal tailgate. Um I talk with a lot of people in the league and Nashville's tailgates, they're like, hey, we're we're here at a party, right? That's what we want to do. Doesn't matter what level we're at. Uh we went for Birmingham versus Nashville in the USL and it was a Wednesday night and we all drove up and the route the roadies were like Hey, y'all coming? Y'all coming to the tailgate? 
let's let's hang out and like that has just like it's just gotten bigger right which is phenomenal to see yeah i i've never been to a uh, rowdy's tailgate but i've been to i just walked into a nashville game um mm-hmm. my fiance was down there for a, a girl's weekend and you know they all went out to broadway and i don't drink that much so i'm like i'm gonna go to the soccer game and then i'll just hoof it over and meet you guys and i walked in the section and no less than 10 people were like, oh, hey, Luligan's here. Come over. You just yeah. hey, come hang out. And it was one of those. It was the first time I realized the Luligans had established a brand. Like it was, I knew what we did. I knew that where we were in, the, in St. Louis, somebody knew us. But when I walked into Nashville's stadium, totally unannounced, didn't tell anybody I was coming. And a whole bunch of people were like, oh, hey, come hang out. Yeah. That was, it was just a really interesting experience for me because i hadn't traveled the way a lot of luligans travel you know mm-hmm. to different places and I, I definitely think it's an advantage the that culture in usl the the camaraderie the brotherhood that is hey we all like this thing that not a lot of people like that's okay um and it it, it just gets busy, bigger like we've seen it with nashville like we were just talking about like their MLS games are crazy right and it's this just giant party like that same spirit uh which is great yeah yeah yeah. and then we did we went to go see the first nashville game we were in uh yeah they're the at the nissan the Stadium. club opener yeah yeah yeah, yeah we were we ended up uh, again randomly in nashville randomly uh yeah at the game yeah we decided 40, we <laughs> 47 degrees we were 10 rows from the top of the stadium yeah it was cold it was, yeah, it was cold, cold and we were there yeah, yeah, yeah probably we, the same section yeah we were we were high we were high up and we i think it was the like the three of us wanted to go see a soccer game and the other six guys are like nope it seems like hey it's my bachelor party suck it man i told him like look guys if you guys want to go drink just find a bar hunker down we'll see you after the game They're like no no we'll go where you go so the game's on and the three of us are like oh this is awesome this is mls yeah. this is a good product nashville you know is great for a day one club uh there's the the st louis kid on on the roster too and he subbed in mid-game we were loving it and the other six guys were just freezing their ass off completely miserable <laughs> at this game and they played atlanta i think right they played Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta travels well. Yep. Like they do, they do. Yeah, Atlanta's fans were easily just as loud as the Rowdies were. Outnumbered them. Outnumbered mm-hmm. in the the far section. It was they, crazy. They stuck them in like an upper level corner at Nissan Stadium, and yeah. they they brought Terrible it. it was decision. It was impressive. Just a awful decision to stick them that high up yeah, yeah. man. nowhere was, for that sound to go but down <laughs> it was cool though like it was it was a bunch yeah, of fun sure. it was a bunch of fun uh, to go check that out so um guys questions for for caleb things that i haven't dug into yet i feel like i'm again talking to yeah uh you know i was gonna sit on it till we got a little further down and we started talking about some of the twitter questions but uh so you know we had talked uh at Oh God, where was it? It was Golden Hoosier, right? Uh, for one of the FX council meetings, uh, kind of talk about your time in Birmingham and, and how to kind of leverage your role with the club mm-hmm. to benefit the supporters group without creating an atmosphere where the supporters are autonomous drones to the will of the club yeah. almost. Uh, so, you know, for all the fans and the supporters of city, which there should be no less than six other supporters groups out there, you know, we're still trying to find them. Uh, you know, how do you maintain that, that kind of wall, that divide there? Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a phenomenal point, you know? Um, and I, and I point to kind of what we, we talked about earlier. I said it with the brigade, my, my job, the club's job is to help, is to facilitate, is to support, not to do it. Right. Um, and that, and that's kind of always been my, my MO is 
you know, we're all sitting at a table right now, right? Everybody has a, ch- a chair at my table. I'm going to listen to you, right? There are things that are not possible and that's okay. I'm a big believer in no, but how about, right? So no, we can't do X, but how about Y? And this is here. Here's how we can do it. Um, and there's lots of reasons why you can't do certain things that are just crazy and wild. You know what I mean? Um, but so that, that's kind of, that's kind of how I, how I operate of, I, I'm very cognizant of that line that there is nothing that I can do as the club to influence that other than say, Hey, how can I help? Hey, how about this idea? Right. But if it's, if it's me doing it, that's raw. Right. Um, because we, we've all seen when that happens and it's not good. Right. Because that's not the environment I want. That's not why I came. Um, that's not why I made the step up from USL. I, I wanted to step up and do it the right way. And there are phenomenal supporter groups across the league, um, that are doing it that right way that I'm talking to constantly of how do we walk this line as the club? And, um, you know, Malia will be here in a little while. Um, I've been talking with her about even, even AO stuff. Like, Hey, I don't want to cross this line. So I'm going to ask, I might ask you 15 times before I cross this line, but I'd rather you ask you 15 times than get anywhere near that line. Right. Um, so that's kind of how I operate. And, and to your point, you know, there, there's six other support groups out there somewhere. Um, maybe we haven't found them yet. And when they do spring up, that is something that we will, we will cross that bridge as a group together. Right. Um, because it's going to take everybody, right? We got 3000 spots to fill and excuse me, uh, 3000 spots to fill. So it's going to be, it's going to be a little weird. It's going to be a little funky, but that's okay. Um, I point to a conversation I had with, with LAFC, um, when they were coming up, coming into safe standing, you know, when they first started before they had 3252, it was five different groups and they were like, all right, we gotta, we gotta figure this out. What are we doing? Right. Um, and so that's how they decided they're like, okay, guys, let's all get together and let's all make decisions together. Um, so th- if that answers your question, yeah. um, it's Mitch said it the first time I would talk to him, we will not always agree, but we will always be together. And that is just like nail on the head. What yeah, we're gonna for do. sure. For sure. Uh, you know, it also touches on kind of the, the sense of community that we we've hammered home in a couple episodes too. Uh, to think that this one group could do all of this and do all of it successful and all of it properly would is just hubris, like at yep. least, uh, you know, so those other groups coming up, uh, you know, we touched on it. Like if there's a, a Bosnian specific group or we have, uh, the Santos. Yeah. We got uh Santos STL or STL Santos. I don't yeah, know. Like, yeah. What order. Coming up and just making sure that we can all stay kind of unified because we're, we're all here for the club. Uh, you know, and that's a huge part of, of what goes into those 3000. Correct. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a conversation of like, yeah, on, on non-game days, we're all our own thing, right? We're, we're the Bosnian specific group. We're the Santos, we're the Lugans, whatever, but on game day, right? We're that wall, you know, Lutz talks about it a lot of playing in, in Germany and playing in front of a wall as a goalkeeper, you know, of saying like, oh, that's, that's horrifying, right? You feel it. You know, and that's and that's what we want is is people the the team bus drives in from Atlanta and they see the arch and they say I don't want to be here, not because St. Louis isn't great, but because they know they're about to get ninety minutes of hell, and yeah. that's the goal. And so if we can accomplish that together, not only have I done my job, but that's something that we can hang. We all as a city can hang our head hat on. Yeah, the the Blues made a name for themselves like that for a number of years. Uh, 
a completely different team at home than they were on the road. Other yeah. other NHL teams, I mean, we weren't a championship team at that point, but other teams admittedly did not want to come play in St. Louis. Yeah. So it's a it's a good rep to have. Yeah. Uh, I actually it, went to my first Blues games a couple weeks back. Oh. Yeah, for the preseason game. It was fun. Congratulations. Well, I, weirdly, uh, somehow to transition into the, the Newcastle point that's actually on the, uh, the thing there, Newcastle is a team that, you would want to play nine days out of the week, uh, out, of, out of seven days a week. That makes sense, Zach. Um, but anyway, um, but nine times out of ten, you you would want to play Newcastle unless they're at St. James's Park with you know however many fans get into St. James's Park right yeah. behind them. I mean, that's no one wants to play in front of a field full of you know completely hostile people. So um, yeah, just figuring out how to make that work yeah. with, with as many people as we can get together. I know a lot of people compare, and especially in American soccer, oh, we want to be like Dortmund. We want to be like a wall. And like, there's value to that, right? Because you look at Dortmund on the road, like we just talked about Newcastle. Nobody, like, yes, they have good players, but like, you can beat Dortmund on the road. Oh, yeah. Grossly right? mediocre, media, yeah. mediocre on the road. The road but a yeah. European yeah. night in front of that wall. Mm-hmm. Good Absol- luck. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And that, you know, it'll push you or pull you whichever direction you need to go. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's, interesting i just say i feel like how we get people together is Mm -hmm. is big um so yeah we we'll skip the we'll skip that other thing i don't feel like that's going to help us in a in a conversation so um what are you what are you most excited for caleb yeah um i'm excited to play some soccer (laughs) um it's it's kind of funny i joke around the office a lot i i came from birmingham um a quarter of the way through the season so i was game mode ready and like i got here and i was like what are we doing and it was like we have 18 months. And I was like, ah, put the bricks on. Right. So it was kind of a, an interesting like shift. And I, I was talking to my fiance a couple weeks ago and she's like, well, what's going on? Like, like what's wrong with you? And I was like, I really miss going to soccer games. So that's why I was like, I would go to the emoji game on, on Sunday, but something else came up, but it's, so it's okay. Um, so we went to the bronze boot, uh, slew versus SIU yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. with, uh, with cash from the office. He, uh, he's one of, he used to, play at SIUE. So he's like, Hey, we're all going to the bronze boot game. I was like, live soccer. Yes, please. Oh my goodness. Um, and it was so much fun. Good time. We, we left, um, before the end and I wish we hadn't, but rain, whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to play some soccer. You know, we, we have this extra year. That's phenomenal. It's, it's great to, to get people excited. Um, but until everybody remembers where they were the first time they saw a goal that just like blew their mind, right? Landon Odvin score against Algeria in the world cup blew my mind john brooks against ghana in the 2014 world cup um i screamed so loud my mom was like you have to stop like stop um so everyone remembers that moment and even in even in birmingham we went six home games our first year without scoring a home goal and uh, you know everybody was like oh man what, what's gonna take a score what's gonna take score a goal and we finally did it was a 94th minute prosperous casino scored against loudon united um 94th minute a winner it was it was a phenomenal goal and I looked at my boss and I said, everyone that came tonight will come back because everyone remembers that moment that like made them a fan that made them a goal. So I, so that's what I'm most excited about is that, is that first goal is that first day we walk in, we raise the Tifa, we bang the drum, we're chanting, we're singing. And there's that literal physical electricity you can feel of who's going to score. What's going to happen. Right. And it might, we might take a little while and that's okay. But like that moment, ugh, chills. That that goal, the one you're talking about that people always remember, is the sole reason why the U.S. Open Cup is my favorite soccer competition of all time. 
and why I absolutely hate U.S. soccer for what they are doing to the U.S. Open Cup right now. Um, because that MLS teams coming into your house and playing in front of your fans and seeing a 95th minute Sam Fink header, uh, or seeing, um, you know, us put two up on the fire, uh, in, within 10 minutes, uh, at, at Lindenwood, nothing else got us as many hooligans, new fans as those two goals. And that's the thing, like those, those games created fans and those games are how lower league soccer lives in my opinion like that's that's how you attract people into that and the fact that the u.s open cup is is being handicapped the way it is um because of coven and and schedules and everything else and then don garber saying we have to they're gonna have to figure out how to schedule it don garber would shove it up his ass anyway um anger towards mls <laughs> Uh, but we have, um, it, I just feel like that's an opportunity, like finding those, those chances to make it is, is something that is exciting. Uh, well, like how cool would it be, you know, cities here, you know, and we have our MLS club, uh, but city travels for the open cup. So now we're on the road and we're going to be in some 5,000 seat stadium. And we're going to sit there on, on the other side this time, but still it's so much more to me enjoyable being in a smaller intimate venue for a game like that versus, you know, 20,000 seat stadium. Uh, but knowing what it would be like, to, knowing what it's like on the other side, you know, is just something that I would look forward to, yeah. you know, when that round of the open cup comes through. Well, I mean, we've, this, uh, the three people at the table have traveled to a bunch of, you know, open yeah, yeah. Cup games. And I feel like that, that was always my favorite road trip of the year too, because it was going to even, you know, with us, when we went to Wichita, going to see how somebody else does it, but at a lower level, that's fun to me. You know, playing forward Madison is fun to me playing those teams that, you know, it's, it's just a different struggle somewhere else. You get that camaraderie from those fans that you, you just didn't, you know, your enemies for 90 minutes or, and with our open cup luck, like 120 plus penalties, yeah. but, um, you know, it, it, it was just the way that we created connection to yeah, people. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, and I think that's cool. And I just wanted to continue. I think lower league soccer deserves the, the support of the open cup and, uh, MLS should continue to support it. Don, uh, so, um, do we want to, want to move on to the, uh, Fan questions. Yeah, let's hit some. Let's hit some Twitter questions. We're gonna call them fans. We're gonna say we got a few fans out there with some uh, questions for you, Caleb. There are fans. Sounds good. Well, and I also promised we were gonna talk about Caleb's favorite chant. Um, and so I, I feel like that's a, a good place, kind of getting into this, um, because there are some t- chant-based answers in here. So let's let's start with the. What's your favorite chant of all time, Caleb? Yeah, we kind of, we kind of talked about before. Um, I know there's a, a handful of chants that everyone does, but my favorite my favorite chant always gets stuck in my head is, "Come on, whoever score a goal, it's really really simple. Put the ball into the net, and we'll go." You know, blankety blank mental. Um, that's probably my favorite one. That would be fucking mental. Yeah, yeah for those, for those been, playing along at home, we've been Kayla, we've been crossing the whole time. It's okay. I'll 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 take the there you go. I'll take, take the, the bullet for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this no, is a stand up guy. We Sam's can't, can't ruin his image. Paying attention, you can you can curse right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> we got we got a knowing nod from Sam. <laughs> um, but no, but no, the the put the ball into the net. It's really really simple. It's just it's a phenomenal chant that that stems from probably one of my favorite soccer memories. It's um, Birmingham versus Memphis. We were down two one, and like that chant just started, and like both sides of the stadium were going, and it's just like. It's just a really cool chant. It gets stuck in your head, but I know everybody does it, so uh, that's okay. Too. Everybody can do it. It's still a good rhythm. Still well, and, you know, part of that probably goes back to every single one of us in America has sat in a music class in elementary school and been mm-hmm. taught that melody. So it's For just sure. ingrained in our mind forever. But so that's that's a question that I've been really debating in my head because this chant always comes up. Um, so let's go the other way. What's your least favorite chant? Oh. And and I would I would bet that I of the four people at this table, one of you will say the chant that I'm thinking of is your least favorite chant. I I believe yeah. I know what it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's a good one. That's the, I'll I'll take the easy answer. It's definitely I believe. Um, it was it's phenomenal for the the national teams. I I was I was at the qualifier with Nashville, uh, in Nashville, and it was like it was a great chant there, and you got caught up in the magic of the national team, but like I didn't like it. At, and at home so and that's that's a question i have a this is a really serious legitimate question because i've been debating it in my head because one of the guys that just randomly messages me all the time on facebook that has become a fan of us you know because of this um went to casey and apparently I, he's new to soccer this is not his so just this this is related i promise yeah uh if you go to kansas city and i i don't have any validation on this one way or the other i'm putting it on the record uh people in kansas city have told me very adamantly they started it so that's the thing so if i don't know if that's true or not but if it is um they did that chant there and again this guy's not a soccer fanatic all of us at this table are in some way soccer fanatics. Um, he was taken aback by how cool. I, Why do I get the side eye? <laughs> well, you don't. You don't honestly consider yourself that, but you you no, are a you are a bit. percussion fanatic that goes to soccer games. <laughs> it's just a loud place to go be loud. <laughs> but no, so he was taken aback by how cool it was that the entire stadium got in on it, and so in my head. I have this dilemma now because diehard soccer fans hate it. It is, it is a national team chant. And even then everybody groans when it happens, but the reason it happens at national team games is because it's not always a bunch of soccer fanatics and it's a really easy chant to get people to do. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at on it. If it, if it's something that gets um, mom, dad, Timmy and Sally involved Mm. in the game, I'm about it. Right. So, so I put my own personal fandom aside, uh, with some of these chants because it's, it's not about me. Right. Well, so that's, that's very much my question though, is as supporters, how far are we willing to go against the things that we quote unquote hate to better the stadium atmosphere? Because me personally would love to not do any chant anybody else does. Now, there are some that we're going to do because they're longstanding Luligan chants. Um, and I, I think they're going to stay around. Like, um, who was it? Uh, oh, so Pork Steak Schmuck on, uh, on Twitter says, uh, I'll forever beat the Weird Al uh, drum because he wants a Weird Al song. But he wants to never hear Saints go mar- marching in, remember the Titans, or I believe. 
No, I think that's fun because the Luligans have done the Saints Go March again mm-hmm. for years. And I don't know if that person hates that we do that chant or if they don't realize we've done the Saints Go Marching In because we don't say the Luligans Go Marching In. Um, and I mean you no offense if, uh, if you take it that way, but I, I'm interested because I think that's one of our better chants. I feel like we've taken it and done it differently than other people. Yeah. And it, it's, I, it's one of the chants that has gone through several iterations, you know, every year in the off season, this is a chant where we thought, okay, what if we double time the drum or what if we drop out or what if we slow build, you know, versus just a standard call and response. So it's something that changed so you know season over season and its versatility i think lends itself yeah and it's it's one of those that everybody knows and so yes everyone across all versions of soccer does a saints go marching in chant is that negative to us because i don't want to do the same and i i posted on twitter the other day i watched that the wednesday where there were 27 mls games on there Every time I flipped the channel, they were singing the same chant. It doesn't matter what team you support. All the chants sound the same. So do we want to be that team that continues to do the same chants everyone else does because they work and because they're effective? Or do we want to be a a team that goes out and tries to create all of our own stuff and be original? What's the better way to do it? I'm asking. <laughs> I, I really don't know. No, it's a, that's a good question. Um, you'd probably get better feedback, I think, from fans who aren't us. Yeah, well, but that's kind of the question. Like that, because we had uh, the one poll that we saw um, where somebody said, well, do you want your own chance with... Uh, so, uh, do, with- you, do you want pop songs with lyrics or do you want wholly original chants? And the general consensus by a landslide in just that small sample uh, was that they want wholly original chants. Wholly original melodies also. And that's my favorite part about that. Because if you go to any soccer chant ever, there's not one that's an original melody, I would bet you. <laughs> Okay, one, we don't have time for that. <laughs> we drink too much beer and we try to watch we try to watch ten minutes of soccer for every game. Yeah. But I mean, legitimately, the if you go through the history and there was that soccer one oh one podcast that went through and did the history of chants, they're all based off of hymns, they're based off of pop songs, they're mm-hmm. based off of whatever. Like somebody from KC got mad because we made a karma chameleon chant because they have a Tim Melia chant. And we're like, you think you're the first fucking person that came up with a karma chameleon chant? I've been here in Louisville city. Do that chant since 2016. I've heard English teams do that for years. I mean, do you think you invented it? Like really? Come on. No one else is saying different lyrics to that song. So that's kind of my thing. Like I would love to do chants. Other people aren't doing, but at the same time, does it make us better? better or worse i don't know i i don't think it does um i mean i wrote like seven nelly chants today yep. so <laughs> uh i i think if you have an on the field product which we have no control over and like what caleb said if you have the electricity in the air and the you know the three thousand people in that wall are there that's all that matters you know is that a karma chameleon chant is that uh the seventh iteration of some Manchester United chant. I'm just guessing. Uh, I don't think it matters. I think what matters is the on-field product and the energy in the stadium, and we can only control one of those things. 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good shout to like the the organic nature of soccer games, right? Uh, just anecdotally from that qualifier, I went to in Nashville. There was a point where AO was leading a chant, and then all of a sudden you hear the entire rest of the team start chanting just USA, right? And AO was like, "Nope, stop this chant. We're all chanting USA." Oh, hundred percent. Right? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. so it's that that organic that like it's a living, breathing organism, which is. Ugh, I love it. Ugh, so good. Well, well, so many chants got started because like at St. Louis FC, us three and maybe uh, other drummers were just sort of jamming out on something out of that particular thing. A chant emerged and mm-hmm. maybe it only lasted for that one game. Uh, sometimes it extended into something else and became a repeated thing. But there was nothing about it that was uniquely original. No, it's we. There's no way we were the first set of five drummers at a soccer game to play the Scooby Doo theme song. There's, there's just no way in hell we were the first ones to do it. <laughs> but I mean, it was fun, and uh, it was organic, and it was organic. I mean, we did, we did a lot of karaoke, and I honestly, that's, and we've talked about that before. I think that's what our strength always was: was that we were small enough and nimble enough that we could very yeah. quickly shift gears and do something we hadn't practiced. Um, but putting more drummers and, and more people together, um, it gets harder to do that organic uh, thing. But as we're on chance, I do want to go over it because Nelly, um, somebody posted. <laughs> really? <laughs> what do you got, Sam? What's better than Nelly? God, nothing. <laughs> no, nothing's what better. Do you, what do you have better than like a 10 time Grammy winner? <laughs> nah, man. I just, we have, you know, people with genuine curiosities. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> Man, we got shit to do later. No, we don't. <laughs> They'll fucking wait. <laughs> they they canceled this. Apparently, Matt Seebeck tried to uh, guilt me and say they canceled it because I didn't do. We weren't going to show up last time. So apparently, we're important enough that they canceled it. All right, the all right, all right. So, thing, so. F- fifteen <laughs> uh, Grammy winner. <laughs> no, so country it, music superstar. <laughs> it it came up today that N- Nelly had posted. I think it was in the St. Louis subreddit. Somebody posted um, Nelly's performance at the BET Hip Hop Awards. Um, and in the middle of it, Nelly basically does a chant. So uh, he does, uh, I'm from the Lou and I'm proud. And so he's he's doing, I'm from the Lou. And then he just kind of points it to the crowd and does, I'm proud. And I think that would be a really cool stadium chant. The Lou again start or the supporter section start, I'm from the Lou. And the rest right. of the, the stadium right. yells back, I'm proud. You had me, then you lost me. And now I'm back in. <laughs> I just think it would be a fun one. And uh, if you want to see any of my other 12 terrible Nelly chants, you can go on to that thread and find it uh, at show up, make noise on Twitter. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I was just having fun with it. Am I the only person that does that? Like somebody posts an artist and I just go through their discography and make chance to it. Like, is that solely me? No, I'm going to take your silence as yes. I- <laughs> No. Somebody on Twitter make me to feel not crazy. Is there somebody else that's a supporter? <laughs> Someone validate this man right now. <laughs> no, because I'm I'm serious. Because like, I I think about the the drums and the melody of the song. I think about that, but I don't think about chance. But by my own admission, I am not lyrically gifted by any stretch. I mean, I'm not lyrically gifted at all. I just took. Uh, what was the Andale Andale uh, City E I E I O O? Like I took the word baby and changed it to city. I don't know if that's lyrically gifted. I was just like, that would be a fun chant to do. Just getting the entire section. Andale Andale Mama E I E I O O. 
Who's scoring it now? No. You can keep staring at me. I'm, I am. We'll I'm, see if, I want, see if I want, it breaks I, through. I, I want your <laughs> approval, Sam. <laughs> but no, I just, anyway, I do that. I waste too much time at work uh, doing those things, but it's just how my brain works. So, all right, Sam, get to your Twitter, Twitter question. All right, I, know, I know you're dying. To no, we're going to, well, we're going to heavy grill. Well, and you know, we don't want another hour and a half long episode. We had people have more important shit to do with their life. They don't uh, have to fucking listen. Like, and it also, people drive more than once a day. Like, please listen. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't hate us and leave. No, uh, like everyone's like, well, it's too long because it's I, longer than my drive. All right, all right, all right, all right. More all right. than one oh, drive. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so, Caleb, hello. This is silly. Who uh, you just recently spoke to um, would like to know one and shameless plug if you would be attending their Halloween extravaganza at Chef at Second. Oh my God! Hang on, Second Chef, Second Chef Brewery, the Halloween extravaganza at Second Shift Brewery. Row row raggy. <laughs> and while we're talking about it, <laughs> now you want my approval. <laughs> You are what are we talking about? Uh, and while we're talking about it, uh, the St. Louisans are hosting a Halloween extravaganza at Second Shift Brewing, and that is on October 16th. 16th. At 6 p.m. At 6 p.m. At Second Shift. Uh, the theme of the night will be Full Kit Wanker, which is always a great time with the Luligans. Uh, and if you don't know what Full Kit Wanker is, Sam, you want to explain that to people? I would love to, as someone who's consistently lost the competition year in and year out. Uh, every sporting event has the guy who goes all out, uh, especially in European football, uh, all the way down to the shin guards and cleats, full kits, full craze. Even if they're not at the game and they're at the pub, that's what they dress up like. So... Uh, several years ago, as a joke, because we were in the middle of one of several <laughs> losing droughts with St. With Louis FC, uh, we needed a way to spice it up. Uh, and so we hosted a full kit wanker night. And uh, I think probably 30 or 40 people would uh, dress up like absolute loons. Um, and we had a blast with it. And it just kept going. Literally, I think somebody did actually dress up as a Minnesota United player once. I, so I, believe I, think, it. I think we did actually have a loon. Ooh, I showed up one year in my Amsterdam tavern. Uh, AO jersey and oh that was not that was not received well I am I'm working hard on a on an actual kit uh, but I don't know if it's gonna happen but I've I've I reached out to a club to see if I can get some stuff oh yeah so, all yeah. right all right yeah I'm, I'm trying to work I'm trying to work <laughs> my connection I wonder what club that is uh, <laughs> I'm trying to work my connection so uh, Caleb somebody I just got a text skirts. message this is weird texting <laughs> <laughs> hey I need a, I need the the early release kit I know you haven't announced it anywhere yet but I would like to wear it to this. <laughs> How pissed would I be if Seebeck showed up in that? <laughs> Just he showed shows up. up in something fancy and new every time he's here. Uh, so, Caleb, uh, will you be gracing us with your presence? And what awesome full kit outfit can we expect to see you in? Ooh, okay. Um, so that's a two-part question, right? I will be there. That is my plan, uh, barring something crazy happen happening. I'll also be at the Thebes event that morning at Schlafly Tap Room, 9 a.m., um, packing... Care packages, I think, is the best yes. way to say that. Yeah, for, we're, for the unhoused yeah, in St. Louis, absolutely, phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal work the thieves are doing. I'll, I'll be there as well. Um, so it's a full day of of Caleb, uh, which will be fun. And I'm trying to decide. I'll, I don't really have any shorts or socks, but I have several jerseys just from random places in the country, um, and really the world um, as well. So I gotta I gotta decide which which jersey I'm gonna wear. We'll see. I'm excited. 
Now, they specifically, Sam did not ask the full question. They speci- specifically asked why it is Pam Hub. Oh, okay. So (laughs) I'll probably not be dressing as Pam Hupp, but that was the craziest Wikipedia read. I had about 15 minutes at the end of the day one day and and Mitch texted me. I was like, you got to read about Pam Hupp, dude. And so I I Googled it and I was like, what in the world is this? And then there's just more content. Um, Just the craziest thing in the entire world. It's one of of the few things that truly, truly gets better the longer you read. (laughs) Right? It's insane. Honestly, the fact that you read it in 15 minutes is impressive. Well, I I read the wiki page. There's a lot more to read. I read I read the wiki page and it's still I mean that's some you gotta work to get through that because there's a lot of like that can't actually be right and you stop and google something so I mean I guess if you just went straight through it that makes sense but um, all right we've already talked on pork steak schmuck we've decided uh, they don't know about the saints go marching in and we've already really addressed from reds STL your network uh, not just with other SGs from other clubs but kind of what's going on uh, for St. Louis City. Uh, and how to handle uh, SGs on game day. So, uh, but I am interested. So you, and we touched on this once before beyond Mm. Santos STL, you haven't heard of other random groups popping up yet. Have you? So it's, it's kind of a loaded question, right? I talk to a lot of people and I get a lot of like, Oh yeah, me and my friends. So right now, what what we kind of have to decide as a group right is is what is a supporters group like what does that take do five guys right do do five guys eating five guys a supporters count group, a supporters group. Yeah. and think that counts as 25 <laughs> math um but <laughs> but you see but you see what i'm saying this is something that um it has to it has to organically happen as well and i think uh rick's counting on his fingers um <laughs> rick doing a beautiful sight gag for three people <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got an audience of three folks over here. Um, so, so this is something that, like, it's it's something that I constantly think about. Right? Is is how do we? Because again, I can't do it. Right? But what I can do is hopefully provide an environment to bring people together. Right? And then if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, that's okay. Right? Um, and and the easiest environment for that is game days. Right? Mm-hmm. Is no, for sure. Three thousand people together. So we will see. As it goes, I'm, you know what they say about the best laid plans, right? Um, Hell in a handbasket, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all I can do is prepare and, and, and hope I have good enough relationships with you guys um, and that way we can do it together, yeah? Interesting. Yeah, for sure. I like I liked the answer. It wasn't an answer, and I like it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well learn from the best. Guys, this wouldn't be a proper podcast episode about St. Louis soccer if we didn't bring up a one Mr. Matthew Baker. I figured he'd be here already, so I was going to give him a chance to answer well, we, can, uh, we can table it for <laughs> the end if minutes. you want to see uh, if he's going to win. Have you already gotten an update? Do you just have a crack? You got a Matt Baker? I bet that's actually baked into the city app. You could actually find Matt Baker at any point in time. You just got to know where it's at. He's actually got a really interesting question. I'm not going to ask it seriously because I think it's kind of a stupid, serious question, but it's a good, fun question. Um to be edgy and millennial, a lot of clubs and businesses have weird titles, you know, for for jobs like like Seabeg being the chief experience. I was okay. I was just about to say. So, like, account managers are experience managers, and it just sounds cool. Uh, Baker, again, I mean, semi serious, but like, where's your fancy title? I have a fancy title. But like, what is your ma- fan- what manager is- of supporter group sales and service is a pretty fancy title. It's a lot of words. It is a yeah. lot of words. Can you abbreviate that? Um, 
Mosses. Well, so he asked about Rick, the fingers out. Does he want to be the chief fan <laughs> chief fan of fan officer? But you shorten that at CFO, and that that uh, yeah, that's then, fair. That <laughs> that offends somebody who makes significantly more money than any of us. Will. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, and he also wants to know why you don't have a team owned Twitter handle for your job. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, just, just to address that again with, without really addressing it, um, it's the only way we want it done. Yeah. Right. Um, Sean is his name. I believe I'm, I'm super excited to meet Sean. Um, I think that the league and, and this is important with my background in lower division soccer. Um, I don't like going at that anyway, in USL in, in my upbringing professionally, I think the, the league and soccer, the pyramids hold is is now learning the importance of supporters. They were always important, right? But we're now at the point where it's like, no, we need people that are dedicated to this, which is um, genuinely why I'm here is because I'm, I get to be dedicated to the supporter section. Um, so the more people that are dedicated to fans, to supporters, to that game day experience is very important to me. So I'm very excited to meet Sean one day. Um, and Excuse me, and and trade stories and best practices and stuff. He's a very long history of. He worked for the Dynamo for a really long time and worked in minor league hockey. So he's he's got to have some ideas, and I'm excited to to swap swap stories. He might join my Twitter DM group. We'll see, right? Um, because I'm in that group all the time. Like I said, it's me, a guy from the guy who does it for the Columbus, the manager of support relations there, the manager of support relations at the Earthquakes, and the manager of support relations at the Fire. And literally, all we do all day long is talk about supporters. And the one thing that I've learned and not to boil supporter soccer fans down because I am a soccer fan to to a very simple sentence is it doesn't really matter where we are in the country. All soccer fans pretty much want the same thing. And that's we want to be involved. We want to be heard. Right. Um, so the more teams that are that are open and honest about, no, we want to listen to our fans. I'm about it. Yeah, it's it's been a very interesting week to be a supporter. Um kind of going in we don't do a lot of news but i mean supporter support has been big in the news again this week with the mm -hmm. the nwsl um fallout uh, and i i think we could pretty honestly say everybody here at the table is 100 with all of the fans of the nwsl teams and and all of those players uh 100 behind you guys and all of that but it's interesting fans flexing fan support um, mm -hmm. in a couple different ways. Uh, and I know that um, the Portland fans were proposing um, not buying things in the stadium, not buying merch, those types of things. Um, and I've always found that silence was the biggest thing that a fan could do. You know, um, we're known for making noise that you like us because we make noise. And when we stop making noise, then everybody pays attention. Um, but anyway, I, I think it's, it's a very interesting you're in a very interesting job, uh, especially because of a lot of things that are outside of your control um, that happen in a, in a league or in a, you know, an organization that um, you're probably going to have to deal with at some point. I never wanted a job for it to be boring. I never wanted to park it behind a desk. So um, in a way I do, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I say to, I say to work all the time. Uh, if it was boring, it wouldn't be fun. Correct. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Hopefully we never we never have to have uh, that level of anything here, um, but yeah. definitely in just an interesting you know time being a supporter and and For sure. with the the Super League and then you know the things that have come out with NWSL and and just you know MLS 
relation to supporters in the last couple of years. It's, it's sure. just a very interesting yeah, time yeah. to be a supporter in general. Uh, so we, we've got a couple more. I really want to skip a couple of these though. Cause I, I, we could spend an entire episode talking about Charlotte and the absolute dumpster fire that is. Oh no, come on. Let's everybody oh. laugh at Charlotte. Everyone wants to laugh at Charlotte. Let's fam. dedicate an, a separate episode. I like that. I just, I, Charlotte I, I don't want to walk up and flame a club that's going to come in a year ahead of us and then give them any sort of satisfaction for maybe, I don't know, beating us. We don't game. have to flame. They flame themselves. They actively I, flame themselves. I just don't want to get involved with their bullshit. <laughs> it's fair. I just, uh, look, they're, they're a bunch of goofballs and, uh, <laughs> there. It would be funny if it was a burner account, and it, and it wasn't this one guy with his head so far up his ass. It's coming out the top again, and he's tweeting. Yeah, no, I just it it makes me happy. It just makes me happy watching somebody bungle something that's not that hard. <laughs> so, uh, but speaking of awesome, I did watch. Sarah was talking about the Leeds. Uh, there's a Leeds United. Um, series on amazon and i watched the first season of that the other so day good. and it's so, so good. good it's yeah. i am such uh like i love the f1 the, the drive to survive like i love sports documentaries so i'm i'm bought into that anyway but the leads one is it's the just, exact opposite of sunderland till i die because yeah. it's happy yeah it's it's good i would just if you get a chance watch it so um you know watch a club that isn't charlotte uh yeah so i mean they were asking about this survivor series thing that i guess charlotte is doing for their roster spots uh which is just genuinely so stupid i don't even want to address it (laughs) so we're wait so we don't want to address it but then we're going to do an entire (laughs) episode on how dumb it is everything about it is stupid uh but i do think that that keith uh at cast goofy or ks goofy one uh, I think he's got a great idea for the DP signing. It also makes fun of Charlotte. Uh, just shout out for that feedback. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And then do you want to address the last thing on the notes down here? The statement without context? Yeah, sure. Um, so um, the the Yank 48 asked um, about why did the supporter section pricing come out before other things? And I almost told him to buzz off because I just hate ticketing questions like it. I, I don't think you had a chance. It <laughs> you, you, wasn't your choice on how they rolled out prices. So, um, but anyway, his his feeling is that it doesn't seem right. He doesn't like that. You know, he has to wait for general reserve or that it makes those people any less. But I pointed him back to the Matt Seebeck quote at the very beginning. Why did they do this? Because they wanted to reward the most passionate supporters. And he took umbrage that, you know, just because you're not a supporter doesn't mean you're not the most passionate. I will say this. Um, yes, my job is the supporter section. Yes, my my job and my passion is the 3,000 people that are standing and banging drums. But to his point, if mom, dad, Sally, and Timmy come every week and they're there to grab Dippin' Dots and that's their time together, I'm about it. Um, I, will, I will answer anecdotally with a story. I was in charge of the supporter section in Birmingham, but I had a guy who bought the most premium thing for me every year. He bought every single Jersey. He never missed a game and he made sure his kids were there because that was his time. And he was a supporter. Right? So I don't really care where you are in the stadium. If it's the supporter section, if it's not the sports section, if you're going to show up and you're going to have some fun. My, my, my rules for soccer games are be willing to have a good time. 
have a drink with your friends, and lose your mind when we score a goal. That's it. It sounds weirdly similar to another uh, yeah. credo that we have. Yeah. So if we do those three things, I don't care where you sit. I don't care if you sit center line, on the aisle, dead center, whatever, right? We're all here for the same goal, right? It's the same thing with the different groups in the section, right? We're all here for the same goal. We're all here to root for our city because um, I feel like I can say our city now. It's been three months, right? Um, for this city that we all really, really care about to be successful. And we're all there to make sure it is successful. So um, if, if you do those three things, if you care about St. Louis, everybody's a supporter, right? Um, who, who cares what section we're in? Yeah. And if, you know, you want to talk to me, you're not in, in the support section. My DMs are open at me on Twitter. We will have a conversation. I don't care where you sit. And what's that ad on Twitter? Uh, Leon Caleb for a nice little plug. Just L-E-O-N-C-A-L-E-B. Beautiful. I feel like you missed a, a joke opportunity there with a professional. I'm Nobody. Cin- a little little cinema humor. Leon, the professional. Ooh, no. I mean, I mean, the Luke, like Luke Besson directed. Uh, Natalie like Portman. Twelve year old Natalie. Yeah, Portman. like twelve year old yeah. Natalie Portman. Nope. I'm super bad at movies. Nope. Music, all right. So yeah. Nope. All right. All right. Oh, no. Nope. <laughs> no, not me. <laughs> all right. Well, well. Hey, we'll move on. Uh, yeah. So so they can just slide into your DMs and uh, we'll have a conversation and give you the give you the business about it. Yeah. Uh, if, if there's an idea, I don't care where the idea comes from. An idea is warranted, right? So yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll see if we can finally get Sam to perk up. Do we have an idea of when those ticket prices come out, when people would be able to know those types of things? Maybe general, oh, see, he's not paying attention. Quick. Yes, paying attention. He, we, we bored him. We give bored us, him out. He's not real paying attention. Fast. Give us info real fast. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so just, I mean, everybody, everybody will know this at this time. Um, we have started the process to call through everyone in general reserve mm-hmm. to just do a very, a very similar call that, that the, all of us had when I called, um, just to kind of a get to know you call, um, make sure everyone's still interested, alive, all those fun things. Yeah. Um, and, and to reintroduce ourselves to the market and to the deposit list, um, we'll have more information on that. Those kinds of things after the new year. Um, so the, the goal is that general reserve goes on sale in spring. So I imagine it'd be pretty similar to our process and supporters yeah. where prices come out and then the on sale happens. So, cool. yeah, I, I can't imagine a world where the club f- took a perspective of we're going to do supporters first because we like them more than everyone else. No, I, I think the, the one thing that some people are um, bringing up is that like we have a couple hooligans that are probably on the fence of, they either have children or they're getting to the point where their legs are not 90 minutes of standing. And I'm getting to the point where my legs are 90 minutes. Too bad, Sam. <laughs> right. But I mean, but we have those people that want to make an informed decision of do yeah. I buy supporter section tickets because they're going to be $300 cheaper than general reserve tickets or do I buy, you know, the general, do I wait for general reserve? And if I don't buy supporters now, do I miss the opportunity later? of coming back and getting those tickets. So, so what I would, what I would say to that, and it's, I've had this conversation several times is I understand the, the, the pain point there. What I point to is, is what experience do we want on match day? Um, and as a fan, anecdotally, I, my family has tickets to Atlanta United. I'm from Atlanta. Um, when that rep called me a sophomore junior in college, I was like, yeah, I'm all in for the sports section. Heck yeah, let's do it. I'm young. Who cares? 
And then I stopped to think and I thought, it's more important to me that my dad and my mom get to come with me every once in a while than standing and cheering. So, you know, if that's, if that's what you want, because some of my favorite memories are going to games with my dad, right? He's the reason I got into all of my sports. Um, and one of my favorite memories is the playoff game against Atlanta, Toronto. My mom came to the only game we've been to together. Atlanta lost. But it's one of my favorite memories because my mom and I got to go together. And we want to have that experience in the sports section. So um, I'm not saying the sports section isn't for everybody. You know, you guys are really good about making it all inclusive as possible. I rate it PG-13 personally when I talk to people. Um, but if if spending time with your loved ones that are a little bit older is more important to you, that chair, go that way, right? Don't don't be somewhere that you're not going to be happy because I'm not in the business of unhappy people at soccer games. I'm in the business of happy people at soccer games. So if you're going to be miserable standing up for 90 minutes every week, stay in the general line. We'll, we'll do what we can. Right. Yeah. I, and that, that kind of goes back to the, the conversation Sam had with somebody in a Facebook or on a Twitter thing of, you know, they don't want to feel like they're being yelled at to chant. And that's cool. We're not going to yell at you to chant. But if you come in every week and you don't chant, it's probably not the spot for you. Like, I don't I don't fault you for wanting to be there and wanting to be part of the uh, environment, but maybe buy the seats above the supporter section, not in the supporter section. Yeah. Well, in all, you know, 20 odd thousand people are supporters. Yeah. You know, that's the important thing to remember, too. Like, yeah, there's 3000 people in the safe standing wall that is the supporter section, but the whole stadium are supporters. So, you know, to your point, it's more about finding the area inside the, the stadium to support that you're most comfortable with. Yeah. Where you feel like you fit in. Yeah. A, a guy, you know, two rows from the top on the other side of the stadium. I'm not going to think they're any less of a supporter than the guy who's right behind me while I'm playing drums the whole game. Like you're both there for the club. Let's do it. Yeah. And I mean, I, the first time I ever went to a soccer game, I've, talked about it before chicago fire i heard the drums i found the drums like i didn't care that i didn't have tickets in that section i found my people like maybe that's where you start out where you buy tickets in the the general admission and and maybe that you realize that's not for you you need to be in the supporter section call caleb and see what caleb can do for you maybe he can help maybe he can't but you know that's what he's there for that's that's his whole job so um yeah i just I think if you want to be there, be there. And if you don't, then hang out and try and get your, your general admission tickets or your general general reserve tickets, not general admission. But, you know, I don't know. It is, I want people in that section that are excited to be there. Yeah, and for sure. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. But um, All right, boys, what do we have? We're, we're already over our hour, so uh, I just want to make sure we can piss people off. So I got us to an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think we touched on a lot. Uh, I mean, they're they're setting up all sorts of stuff here at the Fan Experience Council, so I feel like Sam's about to put up two candles for us. <laughs> I'm good with it. We got the light, so uh, we're getting pretty close to yeah. being done. But um, uh, Caleb, any anything you want to throw out that we didn't touch on? Uh, final thoughts? Anything? No, just it's it's cool to be here. I'm excited about it. Um, we're we're gonna have some fun together. This is gonna be this is gonna be a, this is a cool thing. For and sure, I want everyone sure. to, to remember that this is a cool thing that we all get to be a part of, and we get to do it together. So, yeah, just just the idea that we get to build something mm -hmm. um, is is very cool. And it's just kind of the the extension of what we've been doing for the last, you know, six, 10 years. And for sure. Yeah, hopefully yeah. we'll be doing it 
enduring it. Hopefully, we'll be doing it for 24 more. All right. Oh, uh, God, my knees. <laughs> War <laughs> Eagle, will you stop saying that? <laughs> no. War Tide. <laughs> I just, I think the, the big thing that you mentioned is, I think youth is something we need to figure out uh so if you're young please please come in because yeah. sam and i are, are already on the on the, the edge of being too old to do this so um we'd love to have you um if you are interested uh at show up make noise on uh twitter and instagram we do not have a facebook page um i thought about starting one the other day just to link to our twitter and i know but you can you can find us in the the st louis city uh fan pages the luligans have a public page as well um uh, if you throw it out there, one of us uh, is going to be guaranteed to pick it up. Absolutely. Yeah, we we are pretty active in almost every one of the groups. I'm relatively active on the St. Louis subreddit. So if you end up in there, you'll see me uh, yelling at somebody for doing something stupid uh, and then also trying to push this. So, um, yeah. So um, one more time, though, city cleanup or neighborhood cleanup, October 23rd. Um, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, please go on to um the twitter or uh, instagram post for it or if you see it on facebook just let us know that you're coming we'd love to have you um also the luligan um uh charity or the thieves charity event on the 16th at 9 a.m i believe mm-hmm. um and then later on at the second shift we also have the luligan um full kit wanker slash halloween slash pam hump dress dress up night so um any of those things please come out hang out um, I will be at all of those things. I think the other guys will be around as schedule permits. Rick does a lot of stuff on Saturdays. So uh, with band things, so it's very hard for him to make Saturday events. Yeah. Every, you will not see me on the 23rd. Yeah. Or the 16th, probably. Right. I might be able to do the 16th. Oh, all right. Well, oh, man, everybody I know getting married this month is getting married within a seven day stretch. So I'm out for the 16th and things. Right on, right on. But uh, anyway, I will be, I think, at all of the things. So if you want to come and talk to me, I apologize. I'm the only one of us that will be there. But um, come talk, hang out, tell me if you want to play an instrument. And uh, yeah, we'd love to have you. It'd be very exciting. So, uh, Sam, you want to take us out? Uh, Yeah, uh, just one last time. Uh, Thanks to City for getting us the spot. Thank you for City Foundry uh, STL for having us. I had the killer waffle sandwich. I'm telling you guys, you have to come down here and get this waffle sandwich. Uh, This has been another fun guest filled episode of Show Up Make Noise. I am Sam. I'm Zach. I'm Rick. And we'll. Oh, oh yeah, you're gonna like it. Yeah, go. I'm Caleb. Beautiful. I love it. And we'll uh, talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Are we still recording? <laughs> I mean, we are technically. Just <laughs> show a big noise. Fuck off. So feel me when I bring it. Sing it loud. I'm from the loop and I'm proud. 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 Yeah, I'm from the loop and I'm proud.